All right, guys, before we get started, I want to talk really quick about our sponsor, and that's Patch Chunky Shop. Uh, Patch Chunky Shop is an Etsy shop that specializes in uniquely designed patches. Their stock includes everything from military style morale patches to designs that reference popular culture. They also sell patch related stuff like patch mats and patch bags that you can stick your patches to. So if you get a chance, go to their website. It's www.patchjunkyshop.com and use the promo code Salumis for 10% off of your order. Once again, that's S-A-L-U-M-I-S-T and instantly get 10% off. Um, I want to also talk about Skype. That is who we've been using as of late to do these podcast episodes uh, because we want to exercise caution and really pay respect to the social distancing and the different types of uh, rules and regulations that are going out there right now. Uh, we chose to use Skype to hold a lot of our episodes so Skype isn't the only platform out there that will allow you to do this kind of stuff. So if you have anything like Google Hangouts, if you have Zoom, uh, tons of other platforms out there that will allow you to connect with other people and really get whatever message that you have out there. Or if you just want to connect with any of your friends and loved ones, there's tons of platforms out there. But if you want a good example of one, Skype is what we've been using, and I highly recommend that. All right, let's get into the show. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Salumas Podcast. If you believe anything about the power of nature, you understand that it is constantly in the search for balance, whether it's the balance between predator and prey or just an organism to its environment, ecosystems constantly ebb and flow to ensure that life can survive and thrive. Some believe that nature should be left to its own devices, but as humans begin to invent or innovate, I believe that we begin to see ourselves as being above that balance. In this episode, Mark and I talk about the different ways that nature reminds us of the power of the balance and how our efforts to save the world or to make it better seem to only benefit humans and not the rest of the members of that system, which is what actually causes more conflict. We obviously talk about the coronavirus, but we also talk about other periods in history where things like this happen, and we try to solve for the why and the what's in our nature that constantly bring us to a point where nature has to put us back into check. We talk about a bunch of other things, but I think that this episode is packed full of content and it's only about an hour or so. So sit back, relax and enjoy episode 900, The Balance. All right. So, man, it's been a while. It's been a couple of weeks, man. How have you been? Uh, I've been pretty good. A little... A little restless, a little bit, not bored, but a little anxious yeah. and whatnot. But I've been good, though. I've been thriving in the chaos. How about you? I've been all right, man. It's, uh, you know, I'm I'm certainly an extrovert, but uh, it's, uh, I still find myself to be highly malleable. So it's just a matter of how quickly am I able to to bend and change with, with what all is going on. So um, I think I'm doing okay. Certain things I'm, I've. I struggle with but it's just how it goes you know what i mean yeah what are you struggling with uh just like interactions with just people in general you know um just where i would normally see you haven't people. been able to get around and see any of your side hoes have you oh it's yeah there's me. so many of them yeah yeah I, I knew it i knew it would would fuck with <laughs> a player like you, you, you oh my god kentucky slang it no more that's what uh, it is. You, you really can't you really can't and uh in a, in a place like kentucky everyone knows everyone's business so they're all texting each other just like wondering like has he yeah. been to your house uh what's going on so yeah it's been stressful <laughs> you asshole <laughs> <laughs> are you are you working so, from you're obviously yeah. working from home i would imagine yeah right? yeah okay, i'm so. lo- i'm logged into my chrome to my Chrome admin account right now, and I think it says, "Well, hang on. I don't know how how nasty that typing sounds, but no, just let me bad. know if it's um, five thousand three hundred sixty-two Chrome devices. Oh my god! Enrolled. Holy, that's shit, how many jobs. Serious? Save yeah, I'm really proud of that fucking company wow. for that. Yeah, like that. That's people busting their butts to give people a way to work remotely then they didn't have to do that yeah but, uh, yeah they're awesome. something north of six thousand, i think is the target Sweet. But, um, did yeah, you want so, me to to like edit that out 
Um, yeah, you can beep out the name of the company. <laughs> okay. Sorry, right, I didn't. Cool. I just now realized that. Sorry. Yeah, the company. <laughs> to yeah. answer your question, yes, I've been working. We we working remote is normal for us. So yeah, but yeah. it's been a, a what we call a war room, just a mm-hmm. nonstop twenty four hour Zoom meeting. Yeah, or like similar to a Skype call or whatever. But if someone's two or three people are always in there, and we're just twenty four hours, mm-hmm. like people are getting these kits in the mail, the Chrome mm-hmm. box. A monitor what they need to work and we help them set it up and stuff like that it's crazy i hate that stuff i hate yeah. customer service um but i'm really proud of my team and like uh my team's the one that has we own all remote endpoints we, we own every computer and every chromebook we own those stuff so like yeah. uh, um, i help do the easy part but i and i've been doing a lot of enrolling like enrolling those yeah. chrome boxes mm-hmm. um setting them up i did a few hundred um myself but other than that it's been my team and, and the other people so yeah, we're, we're yeah. working. We got the letter in case we get pulled over. That says, yeah, yeah I think we're going to be getting some badges uh, next week. So yeah. that's going to be pretty interesting. Um, it's been definitely different on my end. Um, yeah, it's you know they have well a lot of companies certainly got exposed, and I was talking about this in a previous episode. Uh, mm-hmm. Many companies that aren't like the size of yours and stuff. Um, they really got shown the the cost of not really adopting the the newer technology and stuff like that because when stuff when this kind of stuff happens, I mean you're just caught with your pants down and yes. people are just grossly inefficient. So I'm I've been trying to balance sort of uh, helping people with with those inefficiencies and trying not to seem like I'm borderline predatorial because it's it's like an it's an easy opportunity for me to sell to them do you see what i mean and this is like a hard time to be selling stuff to people because they're obviously you know cutting out jobs and people are scaling things back but it's like guys if if you all had this stuff in place before you know you'd probably be a lot more efficient but it's just how it goes i think people are yeah. learning their lessons Who, whoever comes out of this you know comes on the other side of this I would imagine that they're going to learn quite a bit and they'll probably take better steps towards becoming more efficient. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I see what you mean. You got you don't want to be predatorial at a time like this, but you do you do want to help people. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, there's companies like Google and and Microsoft. I think they're even offering like two, three months worth of their uh, office productivity platforms just to be able to show people like, hey, this is something that you definitely need. And I think it's like if they sign up for like a year or something like that, they'll get mm-hmm. a couple months free. But I think that's a that's an insanely awesome play. Um, and so I'm kind of hoping that that's something that we do. But we'll see how it goes. We will. But I was uh, – if you remember our, our short chat and our group message, mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about my – feelings or my hypothesis or this could be a a known I, I would imagine that multiple people think the same thing that you know nature always has a reputation uh for balancing itself out um there is even if we leave the world alone it's always doing its its own share of checks and balances to make sure that certain ecosystems fall within um within balance, honestly. And, um, I wonder if that same type of thing is happening right now. Um, you know, there's a lot of the people that are out there talking about creating a world that is safe and is, you know, convenient and that is clean and all this other stuff. But there, it it hit me probably a week or so ago when I was like, who do they Mm -hmm. want it to be safe and comfortable and all that stuff for? And it's obviously mm-hmm. for humans, but nature, if we were to humanize nature uh, or personify nature, I would imagine that nature doesn't care who it is. You're, we're just organisms, just like an ant, just like any other cell. And balance is the only thing that really matters. And if things are taking over or doing too much damage, then you'll see that happen in, or you'll see its effect in possible destruction or lack of resources or or anything like that. So an, an example of that is if you if you see like different areas, um, I think it was in I can't remember what part of Africa it was, 
but there were there were too many predators out there killing all the animals and stuff and by them or no it was too many of i think it was elephants and they were grazing too much and stomping stuff and killing the was it elephants it was one other animal but they were stomping too much and killing all the ground and peeing and pooping all that kind of shit right it was essentially yeah. ruining it was ruining that area that ecosystem and so one of the things that they did was like they said let's put some predators in here and you you saw that as predators came in um there was a, essentially a little bit of balance that started happening and things started you know blooming and growing and, and all that kind of stuff um actually it wasn't africa at all it was here in the us anyway the point is that there's always going to be when there's an excess of one species or when one species is, is exercising too much of its power over a certain area there's always going to be a, an, if you want to call it an equal and opposite reaction that's going to happen from nature. And I think that nature right now is essentially firing a bit of a warning shot and saying, hey, we're doing too much. You guys might be uh, over overstepping your boundaries. This is not what I intended for you all to do, if that makes any sense. And I think we're just all getting put into check really bad. What do you think about that? Absolutely, I agree. I've never been able to articulate it well. I've heard it spoke about or described. I've heard it intimated by scientists and people of different um, intellectual or academic disciplines describing that that phenomena of nature balancing out itself. There's lots of different perspectives that uh, that describe that situation, and 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 I've heard even recently some people mentioning that same thing. And what I found surprising is how how quickly everyone knows what you mean or what you're talking about when you refer to that, that checking of the human, um, our human consumption on the planet. Everyone's talking like that right now. A lot of, a lot of people, not to diminish what, what, no, that's um, good. I'm glad they are. But, 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 but to emphasize how ironic I think it is, how quickly people are saying that, but how little we, talking about it before something punched us in in the mouth mm. and um i don't know I, I i found that i found that interesting there's some people uh i can think of one person a public like commentator that 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 has this idea of that you know it's impossible for us to self-correct that we have that we need something like what we're going through right now and that of course annoys me no end because i just hate the idea that we can't do anything good without you know, a meteor strike or something mm -hmm. that humanity can't do any better. I don't believe that all of humanity is that way. I think small certain portions of humanity, humanity are perhaps recklessly ambitious and have to have growth and constant improvement. And I speak about it a lot in the in the working world too. I hate constant growth economics in the corporate world too. It's stupid to me. If you make a yeah. billion dollars a year, I'd love to just keep on making a billion dollars a year. You don't have to get to ten billion dollars a year. What mm -hmm. the hell can you do with a billion that you that, ten billion that you can't do with a billion or one billion dollars? Sure. So yeah, I've definitely heard that. I, I think I think that's completely correct. I sometimes would misuse the term entropy when I describe at a at a, a semi-metaphysical and philosophical level that corrective balance. You may have heard me mentioning um, the paper I wrote a few years ago when I was, went back to tech school to grab a networking degree. It's like 2013 and 2014, but I wrote a paper called Surfs Up um, that described an analogy of us being the surfs us uh mm. the serfs to nature we are yeah. we are we are subordinate to nature because we are extensions of nature but also having an inuit a double meaning of our experience being like an ant surfing on a wave mm. we can't perceive the wave because of its magnitude but we're totally at the mercy of the effects of the wave the energy of a tidal wave but if i was an ant on a leaf surfing on that wave my local experience may not be the same as a larger creature or something with a greater scope of consciousness. So, but just like a wave or rock being thrown into a lake that creates huge splashes and then eventually creates wave, which eventually creates ripples, I think consciousness and nature moves in a similar ebb and flow that you can't observe and measure if you look at it through enough lenses and piece, put the pieces together. We seem to be approaching 
entropy always. The energy is mm. always evening out. And it looks like we are accelerating. It looks like technology is getting better and better and better. But really, it's not because as it gets better, the capacity to, from the perspective of consciousness and nature, the capacity to destroy yourself, which is self-correcting to the balance, it also comes on, it increases as well. So we, everyone's got an iPhone in their hands, but everyone might die from some weird yeah, cancer or COVID yeah. at the same time. And I don't think those two things are unrelated. So it's a long-winded answer, but yeah, yeah I feel the same way. And I, I, thought, I felt that way for quite a while without being able to really describe it well. Hmm. You know, there was a uh, there's a quote that I wanted to read it, and then it's from uh, it's someone called Inger Anderson. But they said that we are ultimately interconnected with nature, whether or not we like it. If we don't take care of nature, we can't take care of ourselves. And I think part of this, um, I, I don't know. I guess my question is, where do you think we stopped recognizing our relation to nature? Because it seems like the the new fad for many of us is to rediscover yourself in nature. That's something that even I did. That's, you know, I've said it in multiple episodes about when I go and mountain bike and learn my significance or my insignificance and all that kind of stuff. Where do you yeah. think that happened in society or in humanity? Maybe it's just American humanity. Where do you think that that happened where we stopped sort of caring? Do you think that it came from maybe the, when, when you speak of like the Cronus complex, when it's about Mm -hmm. Man versus nature, and when you sit, when you begin to separate yourself like that, and see your see nature as a competitor um, or a or an equal, if you will, um, mm -hmm. then do you think that's where the bond essentially stopped? Um, no, that's one of the significant. Like, if I look at it like a historical EKG, and you see these spikes or increases in our disconnect or increases in the behaviors or our cultural activities that uh, contribute to that or maintain that disconnect. It happens over a long period of time. I wouldn't know if one moment in human history, recent human history was significant over the other. Of course, there's obvious ones like industrialization and conquest of the West, right? Yeah. But uh, um, those are not those are all, it's all the whole globe human in this, in this perspective, humans are one organism, one complicated, um, disjointed or organism, like, uh, like a coral reef or something like that. Sure. So sure. when you look at the history of coral reefs, they can measure like, oh man, in this five, five year span, something happened and the acidity of the water was crazy. And the coral reef shrunk by like, you know, dozens and dozens of feet or whatever per, mm -hmm. per month. But in this other year, it didn't shrink much at all. You know, it's like that yeah. uh, uh, thing, discoveries and things we've had um, and technologies have contributed in diff differing degrees. We have the obvious um, industrialization, then we have obvious uh, Internet, and then we have obvious um, mobile devices, which are their own thing inside the Internet craze. It's like cell phones are their own thing, the smartphones, that is. Mm -hmm. So those are three obvious big spikes or large contributors into um, to what drove us to the state now where we're a little bit more disconnected um, um, from nature, if you will. And then there's been the the uh, the sus always sustained uh, factor of uh, um, diet, yeah. like what yeah. we eat, how we eat and how we come to get our food. That's been like a, a common denominator in sustaining that, too, for quite a long time i don't i don't know when um you know what when i would start the the clock or measure the the date that all that began that would take a little bit of um researching but those factors are the ones that come to mind um right away mm -hmm. yeah. you know one of the things that i wanted to also talk about was you know right now that we're in this period where it is a there is a virus going around if you look at the different periods of history, you can see where this has happened multiple times. And it's the I was trying to find the term for it, for what this is called, because it seems like the, the, the same connection seems to cause these viruses. And it's usually humans doing something with an animal. 
And it's typically like a, if you want to call it, not not even so much a foreign animal, just an infected animal. But they call the they call that phenomenon, if you will, they call it zoonosis. So I want to read something really quick. It said the origin and pathway of the coronavirus pandemic shouldn't surprise us. Uh, the SARS epidemic in 2003 jumped from hu- jumped to humans from cats uh, sold in sold in markets and pets and as a delicacy. MERS was transmitted for, uh, to humans from camels in 2012. Avian influenza, uh, Nipah virus, Ebola, HIV, uh, all of these and many other emerging infectious diseases originated in animals and were transmitted to humans. And it's like, yeah. what? why is that? Why is it that, and I don't want to sound like a hater or something like that, but why is it that we can't just leave them alone? Do you see what I mean? You mean leave animals alone? Yeah, there's just certain things where it's like, do we have to eat them or do we have to not not every single because I don't see anything from cows. I'm sure there are stuff from from cows, but it just always seems like whenever it seems like any time any of these things happen, it seems to come from us doing some kind of tampering, if you will, with those animals. I would have even if I had had the time, I'd even look it up and see where things like the bubonic plague came from. I, I do well, see those from yeah. like rats. I don't know if we were eating rats or something like well, that, but it Black seems like plague, mm-hmm. uh, definitely was fleas and rats. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, we hadn't, we didn't have good sanitation technology yet, but we were trying to, we were starting to live together and Europe was kind of, you know, um, coming about toward its Renaissance and stuff. So people were all in these um, tightly, um, densely populated cities mm-hmm. in, in a place that didn't have, good sanitation so that one is kind of understood but i never heard of the zoonosis that's a really good point man um um i never yeah uh i never even thought of thought of that you know what i mean like um yeah i didn't know that was a thing but it makes sense but why we won't leave them alone man i don't know I, i don't i don't know i could think of more reasons why we do you know have to interface with with wild animals and perhaps unsanitary animals, like when I think of this particular virus and how those markets work, you know, when you got let's that talk people, about that. You got to eat something, so that's not avoidable. But that's really, really cogent point that you bring up. I don't know really how to respond to that, but it's a really good question. But I can I can say that all of the circumstances where we are interacting with, it's not certainly not recreational, wherever we're, we're interacting unfavorably with animals that may be unsanitary. Like I don't, I've never seen it done in a bad way or like, yeah. I don't know if that's what you're intimating at all, but I don't see that it needs to stop. I see the technology and information needs to spread better. Like those wet markets could be awesome. You know, mm-hmm. if we, if we subsidized keeping them clean and sanitary wet markets are, or cool, there's nothing wrong with it, you know. Describe and wet markets really quick. The You're wet markets, like, like wet a, markets are are the markets where the this recent coronavirus was said to have come from bats being sold at uh, wet markets in China because they're they eat bats there. Mm-hmm. But you know, mixing together all those different kind of animals can introduce lots of radical diseases and things that humans don't handle well. And my understanding is wet markets in China are known for what we can we, what we call exotic foods, but they're kind of common. You can go there and get a bat every day, but right next to that you can get a big old fresh tuna, I imagine, or something, or a rattlesnake or something crazy. Yeah. Um, those markets, I don't think there's anything wrong with those or eating those cuisines. I think it's awesome that people find other ways to feed themselves other than, uh, you know, Big Macs. But mm-hmm. what what's missing is the technology and the practices. And that third worldish kind of thing is what I think we can we can collectively do on a global scale. We can, yeah. you know, we can address that. We can create a body like the ones we have about warfare that have to sure. do with with um um diet and all of that and go after that stuff attack it you know try to improve it um yeah so well you know there's another thing that i was just looking up uh, a list of uh how many different ways that humans impact the environment and um you know, it's just, it's just it's literally a list of 10 different ways that our, our footprint has really had some kind of an effect. And I think one of the biggest ones is overpopulation. Um, I think that it's insane that um, I believe what's the term? Is it 
there's a large majority, at least I know in the U.S., I think it's something like 80 percent of the U.S. lives in like maybe 10 or 20 percent of the land. And, you know, and and obviously you can scale that up to a much higher level in other parts of the world. You know, I'd I'd like to see what percentage of a place like China is maybe unlivable or what percentage of I know that a vast percentage of Russia is unlivable. It's just too cold over there. But why is it that we choose or do you think that maybe some of this stuff would be slowed down if we were to spread out just a little bit more? And so, you know, that's the that's the first one before I go into the next thing. I want to be able to talk about well, population. Of course, yeah, of course, the ability for the disease to move around, you imagine would. But I don't think that's the fundamental enough uh, level to personally to uh, address it at. You can live densely populated. You just have to be mindful of all the side effects and systematically self-correct. I say that a lot about a lot of things. But what the hell do I know? I just mm-hmm. think I think as a systems engineer, so I'm just thinking, well, just add another system that corrects for this thing, that corrects for this, our overuse yeah. or waste of water, or our trash and all that. It's incentivize people. You know what I mean? Um, um, create a lottery so that there's an insane um uh, uh like not just some person using uh win winning ten million dollars, but uh a couple of thousand people winning one million tax-free dollars if Mm -hmm. the borough of New York that they live in is represented highest in its recycling contributions at the end of every year. Sure, sure. I do think, though, with with overpopulation, that we there's still this requirement, or at least I believe that there is a requirement for humans to, we I feel like we desire space. And so it just doesn't jive with me when people live in extremely overpopulated places because you yeah. essentially don't have space, and so you'll start to do things like you were saying. You'll start to include other systems that take that that will essentially solve for your lack of space. And those other systems tend to be like industries and and different um, different. Uh, I, don't, I guess you can call it other systems, and that term is going to be used loosely. But what that inevitably results in is damaging ecosystems and stuff like that. And I think that. Um, when you have different stuff, when you have different things like that, it does make it easier, a lot easier for certain things to be able to spread. And just look at the map on the spread of this virus. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. not very prevalent in in like rural America. You, if you look at like the big cases, it's always in these massive, massive cities and stuff. And I think our town, Bowling Green, I think we had from the last chart that I saw, it was like less than less than 20 people or something like that have it. Um, I think it's like less than 10, truthfully, or in Kentucky. You know, I'll have to go through and check again. It might be higher. But the um, the point is that because we are spread out. I think that that's something that that does help just the population in general, not like on an individual level. Um, we're just I think that stuff like that does make it easier. Um, and then because when you are spread out also, I think that you have access, in my opinion, to better resources uh, whenever and playing on to your your talk about just throwing in another system to, to solve for a problem. When you throw in another system like like food or something like that to to solve for the problem of overpopulation in a certain area, there's no other option but to mass produce and stuff like that. And then that inevitably leads to lower quality things. And the same that right there plays into what's going on, like you said, in China, when there's you know 1.3 billion people in that spot, and yeah. it's like okay, not everyone can have. A whole chicken or a cow, you know, here in Kentucky, yeah. we're over here talking about I'm talking with some of my neighbors about splitting an entire cow like yeah. that is so much meat for an entire year. You know what I mean? Yeah. But when that's not available, the next system is, OK, let's find some other animals. I think the same type of thing happens here, though, too. And that also, in my opinion, leads to how things like these continue to to spread on top, you know, just being close to each other and, and many other factors. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think I think. I mean, well, I, I can I, I agree, and I understand what. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying too. Um, I would I would uh, I would like to imagine though that um, I don't know what the process or how you correct for 
overpopulation without some other preemptive steps that that are maybe uh, uh, more difficult to accomplish. Like, what keeps people? What keeps us from overpopulating? Because I think when you have more resources, you can support larger families. So that sort of leads to bigger families or people having more kids. But also, education helps with usually more educated populations have less kids, you know, non-strategically or unplanned, if you will. So like, I don't know, what do you, is that what you do? You know, do you um, um, educate people or focus on that globally to help population control so that people aren't having kids for reasons like taking care of the farm or reasons Uh like, oh, we just can and we have the resources and we're living super comfortable. We just want a large family to enjoy or whatever. Um, Like, yeah, like something has to be done systematically to quell or keep pace with whatever the natural, whatever human impulses there are that, that lead to, you know, overpopulation and stuff like that, I think. And I don't know what that looks like, but uh, yeah, I think, yeah, that's definitely the thing to address. Yes. But you know, still, you know, what do you do? Like, how do you, uh, how do you handle it? I want to say, how do you handle it? The, the next, and I don't want to dive into each and every item, but I was going to say the next thing on this list is pollution followed by global warming. It says climate change, genetic modification, ocean acidification, water pollution, uh, deforestation, acid rain, ozone depletion. And that, that was it. I mean, it's, it's just so many different features of, or so many different reasons about our impact. But, but the other thing, too, is where do we go about with this massive hubris here that we have when in when faced with a, uh, a threat like this? And this can be anything. It doesn't have to be any kind of a virus. Why is it that humans somehow think that we're better than that? And then we go through and, and we have, you know, coronavirus parties and we go and I'm sure, you know, mm-hmm. where you live in, in near Nashville, I'm sure people are still congregating and having big social events and all that kind of stuff. Why is it that we think know. that? Don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't. I mean, I don't know if we are. Don't know if we kind of. Oh, you, you guys. I don't know how many people are like are um, respectfully observing the re- the request from the state, and I don't know how many people are not. But do you know that like uh, yeah, people people have a really difficult time respecting something that doesn't hit them over the head, you know, and. Uh, I've heard it. I've heard it occurs with earthquakes. If you live in a place where there's earthquakes, a lot of people, like, kind of experience an earthquake and they're never the same again. You know, mm-hmm. they 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 sort of get a certain humiliation or something that that's um, hard to describe, but it affects them forever, and then they don't want to. You know, they don't want to live in the same area or something like that. But I think it's 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 not. Yeah, it's definitely human hubris, but it's not like. It comes from us not being, uh, again, experiencing enough majesty in nature to, you know, sort of humiliate us, if you will. You know what I mean? Yeah. To kind of humble us on the day to day. So how is it, you know, let's let's use that and apply that to people who live in Tornado Alley, you know, Oklahoma, Kansas, Missouri, all those states right in that middle area who constantly get hit with tornadoes all the time, why don't they just leave it? Like, they're constantly getting put in check by nature. I'm sure insurance companies just have a field day out there because someone will get their house blown away and then they'll put it right back up or something. It's like, why do people continue to do that if if that is something that, that still happens? Now, I know that there's tons of resources in those areas and there's a, a lot of agriculture, a lot of oil and, and stuff like that, but it's like, there's still a ton of people in those spots and it's, they still continue to live there. And it, is it wrong of me to think that they're simply just not listening or is it just, they like what they like and that's just the cost that, of entry a, of that lifestyle. That's a really good question, man. A really good observation to make too. I'm mean, like a good contrast to make. I still get, I think it's, it's not a necessarily a malady in the human's, it's the it's the way our brains work or something, if you want to think of it that way. At least that's the how I imagine it is because 
we I think you you mentioned um, you speak of like homeostasis or something sometimes yeah. and maybe it's that sort of thing, but our our desire to be comfortable and have normalcy and our ability to adapt to things all of those things combined make us human but they're also create a ma- on a macro scale the kind of behavior you, des- you describe because if I'm a homesteader and I've been taking care of these hundred acres for I don't know how many generations somewhere in Tornado Alley well for those reasons alone I won't, might not want to relocate because not because I'm not listening or because I'm ignorant or something or I'm stubborn or it's humorous but but because the value of hanging on to something is greater for human beings we care about that more than we do you know taking the risk to create a new opportunity in a place we're unfamiliar with I mean simple Got as that you. so I want to ask about you know I've been saying that nature always balances itself in the sense of you know weather and climate and and obviously like population and stuff like that but what do you think about like on the i guess on the psychological level i think that there's a lot of people out there that have spent a lot of their lives feeling like they are above those people who may not have jobs or may not have the means to financially take care of things and when they're put in a position where their business shuts down i think that nature is doing a little bit of balance there and showing guys we are certainly more connected than than we think we are and i think that so many of us have gone through this life in this me versus you type of mentality and now when shit hits the fan you have people that are applying for unemployment who have never done that before and you have people that are learning about their pride learning to put that aside to be able to walk in that line and face what they might perceive a might perceive as to be shame or something going in there and, and, and applying for any kind of uh, benefit to be able to help them in there to help them sustain their as much as they can their lifestyle. There's a lot of other people out there as well that have been that have taken a lot of time to criticize this idea of um, uh, helping all people with insurance and all that kind of shit. And when when they lose their job, when that stuff is no longer available, those benefits are no longer available to them. They, it, I would imagine maybe the nature is balancing things out by showing, hey, if you have a little empathy, this is this is something that other people go through every single day. What do you think about that? Yeah, I don't think of it in the personable or the sort of the, the terms that you describe it in. I think it's certainly you reap what you sow. I think it's a few steps and and persistent behaviors removed from just regular textbook karma, but not in the sort of personable way I think you're describing it. I I think, yes, nature is balancing, but those people are people just like you and me, and their minds have exercised successfully, if you want to call it that, one dimension of the human psychology. They've pushed it to its limits, and that is the dimension of ambition and alimentation and acquisition and I'm going to move up the career ladder or I'm going to move up the, you know, uh, fame ladder or whatever. And the most superficial representation of that culturally in our, in in our um, nation is the West coast. You know, we kind of think of LA like that. And it's Mm -hmm. funny, that place is one good earthquake away from being flattened. And it's kind of ironic when you think about that, but I don't think those people are bad. They are exercising, and I don't mean to say that you were saying that, but they're exercising one portion or one dimension of the human mind, and we're just seeing the extent of of living out that particular form or that particular impulse. And overall, the mind being fragmented and limited, it's going to begin to manifest the the limitations and fragmentation of all ideas and thoughts if you're not constantly re-evaluating what it is you're doing and why you're doing it. And uh, for human beings, that's very, very natural. So for those people who are, what they're learning is not, they're learning just one, one portion of what all humans should be learning is what I'm trying to say. Everyone should be looking, mm-hmm. looking and observing those people who maybe fall from, you know, a really uh, ritzy lifestyle to a more humble, you know, they, we should be learning, oh, this, this is what can happen if I only pay attention to that one part of my humanity. 
the mm. part of ambition and, and collecting yeah. and getting, you know, getting more and more because tornado comes through or something, then you're, you're kind of in trouble, you know? Yeah, that actually happened in your area. There was yeah. just a tornado a couple of weeks ago. Has that changed anything at all? You know, one of the things that um, that America is really, really good at is rallying around something. And there's this, if you want to call it selective empathy, if you will, or this, like, we sort of choose when to be giving a shit about things. You know, everyone's like, Nashville's strong. We're pay for, pray for Nashville. You know, people are changing their facebook profiles and all that kind of stuff and you give it about a week or so and it just kind of goes away and i haven't seen a single article or anything about the relief efforts or the rep mm -hmm. you know repairs that are trying i'm assuming that are going on maybe they're on hold who knows but that happens quite often the same thing happened after the the shooting in in france over the whole charlie hebdo thing the thing it same thing happened with the the fires in in australia it's like we're sort of mm -hmm. choosing like some girl goes on and raises hundreds of thousands of dollars, like showing like naked pictures of herself and shit like that. And people are going through great lengths to raise money to be able to help out a certain cause. And then all of a sudden it just disappears. And so I'm scared that the same thing is going to happen. Like as much as we talk about how normal is going to be completely different because we've been exposed, I equally think that it in this society, we might just go back to normal as if shit wasn't even there. Because I think the moment that they come up with a cure for it, then people are just going to be like, oh, it's whatever. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, I think I do. I, I think that will happen, though. Do you think that's a bad thing if it happens? I do think it's a bad thing. Oh, okay. And, and I say that because we'll quickly forget what happened. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. going to be put behind us and we're going to... Uh, you know, some companies are, they may, you know, people may not have their jobs again. They may have to reapply for them. Their companies might have completely shut down. But I have this weird feeling that we're not going to learn anything from this. I think that because we can indulge so richly in superficial parts of our human impulses or our psychology impulses that when we get reduced to when, when those things get destroyed or taken from us abruptly, you can tell whether they matter by how fast we get back to normal. And so I think that's what it's an indication of. If we get back to normal and we ignore the impact of what we just went through, that means the things that were impacted by what we just went through are not very meaningful mm. intrinsically, are not very universally meaningful. When Give me an example. All right. So I lost my job. Jobs ain't shit. Who gives a fuck about a job? Mm -hmm. I lost my house. Who cares about your stupid house or your mortgage? It's all stupid to begin with. From okay. a from a person like me's perspective, I lost. Um, I can't watch like eighty thousand television shows or something. And the reason you get back to normalcy is because those things don't matter anyway. What did we really lose? We're all right. We're okay. Yeah. If you didn't die in a tornado, there's not a thing I can think of that matters. It's kind of sad to lose family photos or something, maybe heirlooms, maybe. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I wouldn't, if my whole house got knocked over right now, I can't think of a single thing in here that I care about. Not because I don't care about it. I like my stuff, but I yeah. know it, I know it doesn't mean enough to be, but if it does affect me in a real way, like climate change, let's say a tornado comes through and then the weather ain't never right ever again after that. Yeah. You'll see you'll see real, real change in human behavior because we are connected to nature in that way. We're an extension of it. Now, the superficial extensions of our musings like homes and mortgages and financial system, nature doesn't care about that stuff. Sure. Sure. So when that stuff is um, knocked down, it's like layer 20 of our of our brain. You got to get all the way to layer five before you actually get to stuff that that really, really matters. And I think that's Des why we so quickly get back into normalcy. Because our describe what the stripping, that. describe that stripping process of us getting down to oh, level five. Oh, because the obviously grid, the it, grid's gone. The grid's uh -huh. gone. Okay. The grid's gone. Now you're close to it. Now you now you're down from twenty to eight or nine. Yeah. We'll still be just fine. We'll have richer, more meaningful lives consequently. But you're there. You know, you're all you got grid gone and you're real back to healthy. I say it all the time. We'll be outside grilling and throwing Fisbee in no time. 
Yeah. Because uh, we will be happy, although we're not, we can't overcome it on our own without an outside factor. We will be happy to, uh, to see like that simplification occur for us because we can't do it for ourselves, obviously. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting that you said that since all this has gone on, I really have spent more time just kind of outside it. One of the coolest things that I see almost every day coming back from work is that I see so many, I didn't know so many people lived in my neighborhood, dude. Like I see that there's like houses, but there's just so many cars. And, and my hope is that people are barbecuing, people are connecting with family and really focusing on some of the things that they just didn't really focus on. Dude, this, Mm -hmm. since the past four days, I believe I've grilled the, yeah, I've, I've grilled out the past four days and it's just been like sitting outside hoping that it doesn't just, you know, storm or whatever. It stormed last night and actually broke the steps that go to my pool. So that I'm going to be out a couple hundred dollars for that shit. But anyway, the, uh, uh, it's, it's interesting how much I just want to be outside because all those other things are gone. And it felt, it truthfully feels like when I was a kid and there was just nothing that you cared to do inside and you just want to be out with your friends. But in this thing it's within distance, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's so interesting seeing adults, people my age, and I'll text one of them and be like, Hey, you want to go ride bikes? Do you see what I mean? It's, yeah, it's yeah. so it's so weird, but it's also so cool at the same time that this stuff is going on in, in terms of our of our realization of of truthfully how interconnected that we all are and how interconnected that we should be. Uh, we've we've helped each other again within safe distance and we've gotten different things done. Got a hitch put on the back of my uh, my SUV and it was just really cool how mm-hmm. together it felt. And I think. And I feel that if those other comforts were there, it would just be different. Maybe it still would have gotten done, but the things like going and riding bikes and just being outside and and just really trying to enjoy and connect with with people in nature um, has been quite interesting. It really has. Yeah, man, we haven't got there yet, but I think I think yeah, a little more time and we would see more of that that you're describing. I could see it in my neighborhood. It's definitely people are, are restless, you know, and stuff, but they're not there yet. They're not, you know, I mean, they're not fed up enough with it that they're really like, oh, shit, you know, mm-hmm. like it's like it hadn't switched over in their brains yet. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, definitely. So the last thing is obviously it's I don't I think that we're there's a list of other things that would come sooner than the grid shutting down. What else do you think could get us to level eight or level seven or even just level 10 of our, of our humanity, if you will, what do you think will get us down to there? Oh man, that's a good question. Cause I feel like, I feel be... like the grid shutting down is a, is an easy kind of thing. Well, that one will, will jump. If you imagine there's 20 levels of whatever modernity, um, that we indulge in, um, you know, 10 of them are gone if the grid shuts down. Mm-hmm. Cause that includes the internet. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, but, uh, what else? Well, so much of it, of it is made up by that. At least the upper five or six levels are made up of the internet right now. You know what I mean? And then, um, you know, after that you have our, our systems of, um, water delivery and electricity, okay. you know, those are the those are the ones. So other ways of getting there are just other ways of having the same thing. But a war, war can do it. War on our soil here in America that will do it. That'll that'll get us down uh, a good five levels right quick. Because the closer to zero you are, the closer you are to primeval living, right? Or yeah. Primitive primitive living. So, um, uh, in my little goofy analogy. So, yeah. That a war could do it, okay. conflict on our soil, because that's something we've had the privilege to never have to deal with in America. We've never really had war on our soil, and it, it changes you. It makes you grow up, you know? Oh, yeah. I've so you think told. something like that would – yeah, I can see that certainly happening, definitely war. Um, I also wonder if – well, 
it's you would think that it it should have, but the financial crisis of of two thousand eight, um, mm-hmm. we I think we were on the course towards being reduced, if you will, but mm-hmm. with the reserves ability or the Federal Reserve's ability to create money out of nowhere and mm-hmm. do things like that, it's almost like we can keep ourselves afloat somehow. And I I typically think that financial collapse is, is going to be the spot that's going to reduce people. But at the rate that we're going, you know, they're pumping money back in and people are supposedly getting uh, checks and stuff like that. Um, it just doesn't, it, it seems like we're still trying to fight. Like we're Dude, trying to we fight. Totally are. Yeah, we totally are. That's a good point. Cause I remember feeling that in 08, you know, yeah. I remember, I remember how it felt. It was way different. And yeah. then, and I knew, I knew when we came out of it as well, when they built out the, the, uh, the car industry and we started getting back into normalcy. I knew then that it was all superficial and Nashville is a good representation of that. It's completely fake economy. I don't know yeah. where the boom is coming from other than people just imagine or wanting really bad for that to be the boom. Cause there's not enough of guys like me and the it work that we provide. Like I said before, it's not a meaningful enough service. It's just based on cell phones and stuff. And we support mm-hmm. that. And nah, we attach to the big five. Um, so mobile device carriers, whatever, none of that's really real. So the economy here is not based on anything real. If you ask me, it's right, just, yeah. pe- it's just flight. It's flight from the coast, flight mm-hmm. from West coast, flight from Manhattan and the East coast. That's making national, they're coming here cause they don't want to pay $4,500 a month rent in San Francisco, mm-hmm. but that ain't, that ain't economic growth. That's just people running from one place to another, but hoping to still maintain that, uh, fake sense of opulence like you just mentioned and i I totally agree i don't think it's i don't think it's real at all Hmm. you know there's i was having this discussion uh earlier and you know i was saying that some people say that they're prepared for you know a lot and you might echo this being that i would imagine well first of all are you would you consider yourself to be an introvert yes okay so Something like this is where you're thriving, right? Uh, it's so funny that you use that word. Gamia said to me uh, just the other day, I bet you're thriving in this situation. And I and it occurred to me and I was like, hmm, yeah, I guess I am. I'm certainly yeah. not bothered by the lack of social interaction opportunities. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. A longer time before I'm missing people. But that's all it means. That doesn't mean anything. I still would rather be able to see people and stuff. Sure. Well, I was going to say that the moment where I would thrive in the the way that I would imagine or I'm assuming that introverts are thriving right now is during the time of uh, financial collapse, like real financial collapse, not not a little bit of collapse and then we'll bail everyone out. Mm-hmm. I'm talking like when shit really goes bad because – I'm only 33, but for some reason, I'm not, I'm not, I'm still, I make sure that I'm not too far removed from the welfare checks, from making, Mm -hmm. you know, egg sandwiches, from eating ramen noodles and making that shit last. You know what I mean? Like from the the different things that we did, man, just the other, just last week, uh, we went, or I went to, uh, to save a lot. Do you remember that, that grocery store? Yeah, um, there's still one. There's still a yeah, and so I went in there, and it felt like it was like super nostalgia, man. I was like, this was the best that we can do. And when I came in there, and I got some damn good deals on stuff, mm-hmm. I left that place, and I was like, a, I still got it, <laughs> and mm-hmm. b, I'm still prepared. I'm like the one of the biggest ways that I think that people are going to fail or not make it out of things like moments like this is that they're too proud to to go to these other places. I'm never too proud to to, to get a deal or mm-hmm. to find something cheaper or to uh, get a discount or something like that. I'm just never too proud for it. And I'm never too proud to eat like uh, eat some like cheap food or something like that. I'll joke about it. But mm-hmm. if, if if it really came down to it, you better believe I'm gonna be having some of the shit that they have uh, that they have out at Save a Lot. And I'm gonna Me make too. a I'm gonna I'm gonna be just fine. Yeah, I was I like I, the I was I don't that need way. it. 
Yeah. I, I was so right I away. And the, I like that. I like that, um, that, that, you know, that part of me as well. And knowing that I can always switch gears to that because I was raised that way and stuff. But as a yeah. Pisces, I'm very much more than I like to admit, I'm very susceptible to, I'm very impressionable by my environment. So I like to curate mm-hmm. my environment. So I'm very, very like, uh, vo- susceptible vulnerable to comfort and convenience you know what i mean so yeah i'm yeah. kind of one of those people that i really need to be in a challenge kind of kind of stroke a little bit struggle environment all the time because yeah. comfort doesn't do me any good that's why i'm like you know 250 pounds now and just always can never get oh, it together baby, but, cute. but uh that's that's what it is <laughs> that's what it is and uh but i will only say that to because that, like, yeah, I wanted to show both sides of it. I choose. I went into Walmart the other day and had had the same experience and found myself laughing. This was before all, all the shit hit the fan, um, and I was like, "Damn, Walmart's got everything. Brands I couldn't find anywhere else. Stuff I forgot yeah. I liked, and lots of quantity." And what made me laugh was some sometime in the last uh, three or four years, I became too good for Walmart. It was something I Damn, read about the really? Walmart. Yeah. And I was like, "Damn, what the hell got into me? Because I, I, something I read about the Walton family and then, you know, being in downtown Nashville, it's easy to go to Publix or, or even Kroger and yeah. Target. I go to Publix, Kroger and Target in that or a um, Publix you Target, Kroger at Target. And, in that order yeah because oh God, i'm Mark. making up money and it's convenient and it's nice and the experience is good and i go in there it's fucking clean i don't have to put up with uh motherfuckers like uh lizzo walking around <laughs> buying cookies and shit but uh, it's funny i'm just i'm just saying that to draw the picture of i'm susceptible i am susceptible to that and i was like yeah. what walmart's got great value and great what why did i stop shopping at walmart and how to that's really why i just the walton family did something i heard their profits or something it was easy to do what i'm getting at is when i got it i carry on that way but when it all falls apart i won't be i won't miss it yeah that's gonna be the big thing for a lot of people when when nature sets the sets the record straight and balances out the equation uh, there's there's going to be a, a big group of people that are that are going to have a very hard time, uh, very hard time adjusting. But that was it for today, man. I just wanted to see get your get your feel for everything. Uh, I hope everything's going well on your end. It sounds like you're doing all right out there. Um, yeah. What else has been new on your end before we jump off? Um, nothing, nothing new, nothing new. I don't think, man. But I've been enjoying the the. I don't want to say peace and quiet. It's peaceful and quiet, but I kind of start a little bit focus on the space. You know, yeah. I don't ever seem to get anything done. I've got more space than a single person to have. That's the problem. Yeah. And uh, like, but yeah, you know, just slowly but surely working on things around the house and all that. So awesome, that's awesome. It's been okay. It's been cool to be able to do that. If, if you're gonna do anything, please start a garden. Yeah. That's gonna. You got to start a garden, grow some yeah. stuff, have some nice flowers, and then of course, if you want vegetables and all that kind of stuff, go for that. Yeah. But do you have any shameless shoutouts before we jump off, man? I know. Just shout out to uh, all the uh, the people helping other people stay employed and 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 keeping their jobs by rapidly solutioning remote work options and things like that. And there's a lot of them, both companies and individuals and platform providers you know from microsoft to google and all them but shout out to everyone doing that to keep people uh employed and and all the people wearing masks um and gloves to try to flatten the curve yeah of this uh coronavirus that's really cool to see people doing that good good Uh, and i want to give a shout out just to all the first responders the medical people those people that are kind of putting themselves out on the line just uh for a lot of these a lot of these dumb motherfuckers that just don't seem to get it and listen and get themselves infected and stuff like that. But um, shout out to all those people that are doing their part <clears throat> and shout out to the people that are following directions and staying home. Uh, shout out to the people that are having a hard time adjusting because I know that it's hard to be able to go through and adjust. I was just talking about that stuff earlier with you. And um, yeah, I just want to there's i think that we are there's going to be a lot of changes i hope that there's going to be a lot of changes and i am 100 percent ready for them but uh final shout out is mother nature uh at least mother nature has shown me the uh 
how we've got to do some correcting and how we have to change a lot of our ways and, and escape this hubris that seems to plague so many of us where we think that we're invincible and we think that our jobs are always going to be safe and nature comes in and shows us like bitch you not even your job is safe and here we are sitting in you know wondering who's essential and who isn't and at the end of the day we're all essential people but you know we're we're also not nature's and they're saying like yeah you're actually not that essential um because at the end of the day the only system that matters that needs to be running is nature's system and nature seems like it's going to do whatever whatever it wants to or whatever it needs to do to balance the equation so i thank all of you guys for for taking the time to listen to this episode um we we managed to keep under hours so kudos to you bro (laughs) um and everyone if you guys uh have any feedback if you want to jump on a skype conversation with us don't hesitate to reach out hit us up on uh instagram that's at the salumas podcast go to facebook and type in the salumas podcast on there go to our website www.thesalumas.com if you want to listen to episodes on there hit slash podcast we are on itunes spotify google play all of it so reach out and i think on that i'm out so i'll see you bro you have a good time you be safe and take care of yourself all right man Talk soon, man. All right, see you.